Why, hello there, everyone. It's episode 22, that's 22, of Future Flicks. This week, we have more Halloween in December, a lot of love is in the air, and we have the biggest party ever. It's the week of December 9th, and this is Future Flicks. All right, folks, as always, let's start with some news. Actress Alice Drummond died at the age of 88. Any good nerd would know her as the librarian in the beginning of Ghostbusters. Also passed away is actor Peter Vaughn. He ended his watch at age 93. He played Maester Aemon in Game of Thrones. And last in the news, the trailer for the new Transformers movie came out and it looks awful. Check it out, but wear your protective eyewear to keep the crap from actually getting into your eyes. We have 10 movies coming out this week, and as always, I have thrown them in some random order, with the top three possibilities for my pick of the week being at the very end. So let's start this off with a movie called Good Tidings. A homeless veteran must help save the day when three psychopaths dressed up as Santa go on a murderous rampage on Christmas Day. This is a small-time movie starring Colin Murtaugh, Alexander Mouncey, and Stu Jopia. What have they done, you may ask? Well, they're usually extras, or at least smaller roles in, in various movies with roles like Nightclub Bouncer or Police Officer One. The only reason I tell you what actors and actresses may have done is to give you a point of reference. But these guys haven't done anything that they could be recognized for, and that's not always a bad thing, of course. There's almost a sick fascination with merging horror and Christmas. Murderous Santas, Krampus, anything that can make a buck. Sure, some of these movies could be really good, but others... uh, others look like this. Good Tidings has potential, but there's something about the way it's shot and the designs of the bad guys that says this has a chance at being good, albeit a minute chance. Everything about this screams that's going to be a skippable movie that really should be a straight-to-DVD movie. If it actually isn't a straight-to-DVD movie, I'm not entirely sure if it's getting any screen time. This actually is coming out on the 6th. Or I should say came out on the 6th because I'm recording this on the 7th because I like to do stuff last minute. And if it interests you at all, for some weird reason, just just keep an eye on the store shelves. That, that's where you may be able to find it. So I'm going to start something new in the podcasts, and that's going to be a rating system. Because I've noticed, and I'm sure you have noticed, my, my dear listeners, that when I give my vote for a movie, it's usually one of three things. Skip it, don't even think about it was the first one second being eh, it's interesting but wait for dvd or streaming and third being see it in theaters i got tired of saying that i bet you got tired of hearing it so i have started a rating system that i called the bill system yes i am that shallow it it stands for billiam's interest level and it basically just says how interested i am in the movie and thus how interested you should be because my word is law okay not really but it Just people like numbers. And since I have a score, I can do my Adam Sessler style reveal and say that Good Tidings gets a 4 out of 11. 
Because as always, folks, at Somewhat Nerdy, we turn it up to 11. But only for the best thing. Only for the best. Next up, folks, is a movie called Spectral. A special ops team is wiped out by an unseen foe. A scientist is brought in to try and find out what's been killing the soldiers. Turns out, it's ghosts. This stars Emily Mortimer from The Newsroom, Clayne Crawford from the Lethal Weapon TV show, Max Martini, who has a great name, from Pacific Rim, and Bruce Greenwood from Star Trek. This is a Netflix movie, so you'll probably be able to watch it on Friday, or at least sometime within the next few weeks. The only reason it wouldn't come out on streaming right away is just because of the fact that Netflix may want to have a theater run for a little bit, just to see if it pick, can pick up any money there, and then put it on streaming. I really don't think they're going to do this, though. I really don't, because this isn't a huge movie. This looks goofy. This movie looks goofy, but... They take themselves seriously enough for it to not be a complete joke, but not too seriously so it looks bad. The fact that this movie will come out so quickly to watch at home and that you won't even have to pay for it if you don't want to pay for it, you know, like as in as in paying for it isn't going to the movies or maybe borrowing your friend's Netflix account, who knows. But the fact that you don't even have to pay for it if you don't want to really helped its final score. Because remember, the shamelessly named Bill score is based off interest and not a reflection of how good the movie will be. Though hopefully, ideally, the interest score won't be too far off from the final score should I actually see the movie. Spectral looks like Netflix's homage to the action movies of the 80s. It has names people may recognize, but no one's super famous, a ridiculous plot, loads of shooting and death, and mediocre effects. So just overall, fun movie. The great thing about this is that it's not going to take much commitment. You don't have to take a trip to the theater and pay theater prices. Worst case scenario is that it doesn't get released right away online and we have to wait a, wait a little while to stream it. But you know what? Nothing about Spectral says that you have to see it right away. It's not going to be one of those movies. It's probably going to be really fun though. And from the looks of the trailers, the science guy is going to come up with some crazy ghost killing energy weapon and then the fun's going to be Again. So if you have a Netflix account, or if you have a friend that has one and you're borrowing it, then what you should do is you pop some popcorn, you grab yourself a drink, and when this is available, watch a silly movie. Just do it. Spectral gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a film called All We Had. A mother struggles to make a better life for her daughter. Yeah, that's it. That, that's really it. This stars Katie Holmes from Dawson's Creek, of course. Stefania Lavi Owen from The Lovely Bones, Richard Kind from Gotham, Judy Greer from Ant-Man and Archer, and Luke Wilson from Idiocracy, a movie that looks like it could be on its way to being a documentary. I really don't have much to say about this movie. We've seen stories like this before. Many, many times, in fact. This is based off a book by Josh Boone, and it's the directorial debut of Katie Holmes, and that could mean something. Who knows how good Katie Holmes is going to be at directing? I, I really don't know. She's a good actress. I really like I really like her work. Josh Boone, I have never read any of his work before, but this seems like a very contrived, very run-of-the-mill, by-the-numbers idea. Uh, the thing is, it could be a great movie, but I'm just not interested at all. 
the trailer told me just as little as that synopsis IMDb gave me. Trailers need to find that wonderful middle ground where they don't spoil anything, but they still give us just enough to whet our appetites. This trailer just left me cold. This looks more like a Hallmark movie of the week that managed to find silver screen time. You can have a basic plot that's been done before, but still make it good and worth a theater watch. It's been done before, but even if all we had is great, all I have is no desire to see this thanks to a lousy trailer and nothing else to tell me otherwise. Katie Holmes or no Katie Holmes, all we had gets a 2 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a movie called Frank and Lola. Frank and Lola are in love, but her past, and even some of her present, comes back to haunt her and causes Frank to question her fidelity and even go a little crazy. This stars Michael Shannon from Man of Steel, Imogen Poots from Need for Speed, Justin Long from Live Free or Die Hard, and Michael Nickvist from John Wick. This movie, just like all we had, has a basic premise that's been done before. But the trailer, the trailer tells us way more. This looks like a psychosexual trip. The kind of movie that makes you wonder what the truth is, even when the characters are being honest. And the reason I mentioned a sexual instead of just a psychotic movie is that the fact that this is a very sexual movie. And it doesn't even seem like the kind of Skinamax sex scenes. This seems like love, passion is part of it. Not just you, they threw two actors together and told them to bang. Or at least act like they're banging. So this is the kind of movie, or at least it looks like the kind of movie, that makes you wonder what the truth is, even when the characters are being honest. This is about two broken people who meet and fall in love, but don't fix each other. And in fact, they kind of make things worse with each other. How much can their love survive, and can they come out of this unscathed? That's the question that this hour and a half movie will keep us wondering. This looks really good, but it seems like the kind of film that I would skip in theaters but buy it or stream it once it comes out, just like I did with Neon Demon. I, I know I made a big deal about Neon Demon when it came out, but it was surprisingly easy to skip in theaters. But the minute it came out on DVD, I bought it and I watched it. Frank and Lola looks like the same thing. Something that I'm not even going to bat an eye about when I don't see it in theaters. But once I see it sitting on that Best Buy shelf, or once I see it streaming somewhere, then I'm going to catch it. I want to see this, and it looks like it has hints of, like I mentioned, Neon Demon, but not quite so dark. And also hints of original sin, oddly enough, if you ever saw that movie from 2001 with Antonio Banderas and, and Angelina Jolie. Michael Shannon is a great actor, and he plays a fantastic obsessive guy. I can just see his inability to figure out Lola driving him batty. And Imogen Poots, besides having one of my favorite names to say ever, is one of those underrated actors who needs to get a really good role to show Hollywood her skill. Maybe this can be that movie to get a director or two to notice her more and then put her in a bigger role. This looks like it's shot beautifully with darkness and light used the same way it was for Neon Demon. And there I go mentioning it again. This film is going to be well, well worth a watch, but from the comfort of your own home not the theaters. Frank and Lola gets a bill score of 7.5 out of 11. All right, folks, we have one movie, one movie left before the break, and this movie, this movie is called The Bounce Back. Matthew Taylor is a relationship expert who gets blindsided by a therapist while doing a TV interview. Their banter and chemistry quickly catch the attention of other TV shows who want them on, forcing them to get to know each other that much better. 
This stars Shamar Moore from Criminal Minds, Nadine Velasquez from My Name is Earl, and TV character actor Bill Bellamy. This looks really cute. I'm not even going to pretend I didn't enjoy the trailer. This movie has been done a million times before, just like I've said about the past two movies. The only thing new about this is that Moore and Velasquez haven't done movies like this yet. Or at least not that I know of. Who knows? They could have done this stuff before. I mean, this plot is so contrived. I laughed out loud when I saw the movie had three people that worked on the screenplay. It takes three people to write a by-the-numbers rom-com? Come on. Though it's really weird. I can just take a huge dump all over this movie because it's so unoriginal that it should very well be a straight-to-DVD release. Hell, Netflix or Hulu should have picked this up instead. But you know what? I still want to see it. No, 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 not in theaters. Hell no. But one day, one day on a date night, I will make my girlfriend watch this and she will make me watch some equally contrived horror movie and I'll probably laugh, enjoy it a little, but be glad I didn't waste my time in theaters. Have you ever seen a trailer for a rom-com? If so, then you've seen this trailer. As cute as it looks, there's nothing about this that even hints that it should be a movie to watch in theaters. This was apparently a crowdsourced movie, so I'm not sure if that means, means anything to you at all. But if it does, there it is. The Bounce Back gets a 5 out of 11. Alright, my friends, we are at the halfway mark, so it's time for me to refresh my drink. So please stay tuned from a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, and we're back. Doesn't Danger have a great announcing voice? Good journey, nerds. I can't do it quite like him. No one can do it quite like Danger does. Anyway, we are back, and it is time to get into the second half of Future Flicks with your good friend, Billiam. The next movie on our list is a movie called Befikri. Darum and Shira meet in Paris and start on an adventure of impulsive love and outrageous experiences. If you couldn't tell by the names I just said, this is a Bollywood movie, and of course is full of wonderful Indian dance music and equally wonderful dancing. No, I'm not being facetious, I actually love it. Unlike most movies out of India, this is shot in the Indian version of Spanglish, some lines being delivered in Hindi or one of the other Indian languages, and the other lines being delivered in English. This film looks really fun, and I will probably never see it, and I have to I have to start realizing this, that even when these Indian movies come out, no matter how interesting it looks, unless I make a valiant and noble effort to see it, I am not going to ca- ever catch it, and I have to realize this. The closest theater, like I've said before, the closest theater to me that plays Indian movies is an hour away. And then also by the time this movie will come out to buy or stream, I'll have forgotten about it. I've had two, two or three movies in the history of the future flicks that I've said I really wanted to see. So out of those two or three Indian movies I've really wanted to see, I have seen exactly zero. Zero of them. None. 
I'm going to keep this one short, folks. So if you like the Bollywood scene at all, check this one out. It looks fun. Befikre gets a 6 out of 11. Next up is a movie with an equally difficult to say name, Abattoir. A real estate reporter is tasked with investigating an old man who's building a house out of rooms from other houses where deaths have occurred. This stars Jessica Lowndes from 2008 version of 90210, Joe Anderson from The Crazies, Dayton Cali from Deadwood, and Lynn Shay from Insidious. This is directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman, who did Saws 2, 3, and 4, and was written by relative newcomer Christopher Monfret, or Monfet, who wrote a few episodes of the 12 Monkeys TV show on sci-fi. Alright, this one looks pretty awesome. Like some sort of modern revisioning of a cross between 13 Ghosts and House on Haunted Hill, this has a good cast and a good horror director, and it's all based off a pretty brilliant idea. It's one of those ideas that seems really simple and obvious, but lo and behold, no one has done it yet. This is a movie about a man building a haunted house using specific rooms from houses where murders were committed, but I would never classify this as a modern horror. There's no demon po demons possessing anyone. No camera panning in a room as a character walks by, and that character doesn't notice some ghost child standing in the corner. This doesn't look like it's full of jump scares. This looks like a good mix of mystery and suspense with some nice horror placed into it too. The way the trailer makes it look like it's set up is that it's going to start out with a lot more of the investigation and, and diving into the story, what happened in these houses, all that good stuff, and then the more of the horror comes in at the end. This could be a really corny movie, despite the trailer making it look dark and serious. But you know what? Even if it's really corny, it's still going to be okay. What makes me think this could be corny is the design of the house. We, we get a glimpse of it in the trailer. It's really cool, yet over the top. Almost a 70s, 80s horror level corny. I'd have been a little more impressed if the two lead characters weren't young-ish and attractive. But you know what? They could be the right people for the role, and their looks were just a bonus. I say, I, I said that just because in a lot of these movies, in a lot of horror movies, especially in the horror genre, it just seems like they pick some beautiful face and throw them in there. Who cares if they act or not? They're beautiful. You know, I'm going to repeat myself again. I said last week, I'm going to say it again this week. If this movie had come out during Halloween week, I would have seen it. If this movie and Incarnate from last week had come out on Halloween week, I would, I would have done a double feature. Abattoir looks like a fine movie to add to your list for a watch on a dark night when you want to cuddle up on the couch with a drink and popcorn and watch a scary movie. Abattoir gets an 8 out of 11. Alright, dear listeners, do you remember last week in episode 21 where I said that I had missed a couple movies that came out the week of Thanksgiving, so I then corrected my mistake. Guess what? I made a mistake with that mistake, though I still believe it's not my fault because of the crappy websites I use to do my research. I really need to find something better, but I don't think there's anything better out there. So I'm just going to continue comparing and contrasting the three sites I, I rely on for this. So Miss Sloan, the movie with Jessica Chastain, Alison Pill, Gugut Mbantha Ra, John Lithgow, Mark Strong... Sam Waterston, you remember that one, right? So that one, apparently, while it had a limited release Thanksgiving week, and now this is the full release. 
I'm going to be really brief about this one because you can just go back to episode 21 and listen. It's it's somewhere in the beginning. I, I talk about it after I talk about the news because I talk about the two movies I missed from the week before and then I go into the movies for last week. So this one is about Elizabeth Sloan, a political power broker who has decided to take on her biggest job yet. An opponent that's so big it could cost her her entire career. This is a political movie that seems like it's Aaron Sorkin's wet dream. I love political movies. I love these fast-talking, wheeling, dealing, backroom deals type movies. I I love them. This movie looks really interesting, but especially this week, I don't think it's going to be worth a watch in the theater, so it still looks really good. So Miss Sloan, so remember, if you want to get my full opinion on this movie, check out last week's episode. Miss Sloan gets a 9 out of 11. All right, folks, we have two movies left, two movies to talk about, and only one pick of the week. Do you know what my pick is? Have you guessed it? Well, I'll tell you what my pick isn't, and that's Nocturnal Animals. Susan Morrow has trouble sleeping. One rare night when she's actually able to rest, she dreams of her ex-husband. She later receives a package from said ex-husband, a book he wrote called Nocturnal Animals, a story of revenge that she interprets as a threat. This stars Amy Adams from Man of Steel, Jake Gyllenhaal from Zodiac, Michael Shannon from Man of Steel, also from Frank and Lola coming out this week, Aaron Taylor Johnson from Kick-Ass, Isla Fisher from Now You See Me, Ellie Bammer from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Army Hammer from The Man from Uncle, and Laura Linney from Primal Fear. Jake Gyllenhaal, ladies and gentlemen, he's in this. So you know this movie is going to be crazy and the very epitome of insane. This man hasn't made a movie that wasn't at least a little crazy since 2012. That aside, he makes good movies. They may be crazy, they may be intense, but they are good movies. If he chose to be in it, there's a very good chance that it's a movie that's going to be worth a watch. Same goes for Amy Adams. They're both famous enough that they can really have more of a say in the in the movies they do. Early on in their careers, they probably had to take whatever was given to them just to keep working, but now they, they have the luxury of being able to pick and choose. Maybe not as much as, say, like superstars like George Clooney or Julia Roberts, Tom Hanks, those people, but still, they can. these actors can can pick whatever they want. And they chose Nocturnal Animals. And this movie is chocked full of wonderful actors who are going to do a great job. The question now revolves around the plot. Not a whole lot is said about this movie. Unlike an unfortunate amount of modern trailers, this this one doesn't show too much. And even if it did show some pivotal moment, it wasn't as obvious as it's been for other movies. This seems like a basic plot, but with a nice twist hiding in the shadows, waiting to pop out and say surprise or surprise. If you remember the movie UHF with Weird Al, the trailer tells us that Adam's character leaves Gyllenhaal and breaks his heart, but also suggests that she did something more, something worth his revenge story and veiled threats. Maybe. I bet you that this movie is going to keep us guessing on quite a few fronts what Amy Adams actually did, how much of Gyllenhaal's book is actually a threat, and where it's all going to go. This looks like a well-shot movie with nice visuals, but nothing CG. Like visuals like the use of lighting, zoom, wide shots, all that good stuff. Nocturnal Animals looks like a winner. It gets a 9 out of 11. Here we go, friends. The last movie. I think we know what it is. 
So my pick this week is Office Christmas Party. Clay, Tracy, and Josh are at risk of losing their jobs. That is, unless they can close a multi-million dollar deal with a client. The three decide it's a good idea to invite the millionaire to their office Christmas party, which turns out to be the biggest party of the year for the whole city. This stars TJ Miller from Deadpool, Olivia Munn from X-Men Apocalypse, Jason Bateman from Arrested Development, Jennifer Aniston from Friends, Kate McKinnon from Ghostbusters, and Courtney B. Vance from Law & Order Criminal Intent. This movie looks stupid, but it looks funny. That wonderful, stupid funny where you can just zone out and laugh. Olivia Munn and Courtney B. Vance aside, all the actors in this are hilarious. If you've seen a trailer for this, you know exactly what kind of movie it is. You know this style of humor. And I like the fact that it's a Christmas movie. Not It may not be a Christmas movie in the same sense as It's a Wonderful Life or a Charlie Brown Christmas special, but it's still enough to start that little fire inside you to remember that the holidays are coming. Nothing about this movie looks terribly original, but it's all wrapped up in such a nice, pretty package, so the end result looks worth seeing despite the fact that it's that it's kind of been done before, that movies like this have been done before. It proves that it's okay. You can make movies that are like other movies. You can take ideas that have been done before. It just depends on how you present it. They could have easily screwed this up and just made this a Christmas-themed hangover movie, but they didn't. The creators of this movie made it their own, and it looks like the kind of winner that means I'm going to have to see this in theaters. Let this movie be the start of your holiday movie season. So go and watch Office Christmas Party, have fun, and then bust out those DVDs you've been waiting for all year. The Office Christmas Party gets a 9 out of 11. That's right, folks. Just because it's my pick doesn't mean it's going to get an 11 out of 11. Heck, if it's a slow week, my pick can get a 6 or a 5. Who knows? Who knows what I'm going to do? You don't know what I'm going to do next. I'm crazy like that. So, my friends, my dear, dear listeners... That has been the offerings from Hollywood for the week of December 9th, 2016. So let's get into that housekeeping and I will say goodbye until next week. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's www.somewhatnerdy.com. Need to reach me? Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy site or Facebook page, leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter, I'm BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure, please be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Square Circle. Also, on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, be sure to also check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, another project from our good friend Critter. Don't forget to check the Somewhat Nerdy site for all the latest blogs and news. And lastly, my friends and dear listeners, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.